to Mind Crime Liberty Show with me, Swithin Dobson, and him, Tim Patton. Today we discuss child labour and we attempt to make a defence of child labour. Uh, it's generally regarded as, as a great terrible thing uh, that we have fortunately rooted out in the modern Western 21st century societies. But uh, we think a little bit different. Tim. Well, the first point before we talk about child labor is we have to talk about work in general, and that is related to scarcity. I mean, wherever you get, wherever you think the cause of scarcity, if you're a strict naturalist, we just live in this sort of evolutionary environment where the, where the environment is better scarce. We have to turn, uh, turn all these sort of uh, non-developed uh, resources and developed resources to create, uh, you know, projects to create goods, to create food. Food doesn't just exist in the environment. And even in hunter-gatherer societies, people would have to work some amount of time. Uh, we don't live in a hunter-gatherer society, we live in an industrial society. So throughout all societies, some amount of work has to be done um, because of scarcity. And of course, Christianity always has the curse to ground point. Um, so so that, that's the origin of work in itself. Uh, you know, work, things don't just exist out in nature. We have to sort of produce them. Um, um, there's no, there's some magic tree out there or magic lamp. Uh, so, so children have worked historically because everyone worked because you had to work where everyone would just starve to death. Now there could be a few elites or children of elites that were outside of the working sphere or some people that just happened to come across a, a windfall of something. So, but in general, almost everyone worked, including children, which comes into the first central point about, you know, how do we get rid of child labor? Um, well, children, we're going to get to this. Children still work. They work in schools. Um, but children work because historically, because they had to, and that it was just a scarce society, a much poorer society. Uh, and you can sort of measure this with GDP numbers. Even in like 1950s, in the two richest societies world, like Britain and the United States, GDP today in our ter terms is like 12,000. Now there are other things, costs have gone up and so forth. Um, but, you know, people and this, this is why the, why the hours worked have declined. Um, um, now, again, the hunter gatherers and the primitives will always say that. And that might be true. But, you know, you can't the earth can't support that many people living under those terms. Um, now, whether we could design a better society is some question. But children can't children historically had to work. So that's my opening point. It's related to natural scarcity, which is one of the central differences between, I'd say, the Libertarian, right libertarians in particular, understand the existence of natural scarcity. Almost no one else does, including some conservatives. So that's my first opening remark for child labor is labor itself. So, Swithin, you can continue. What you stated is clearly true. Um, I mean, traditionally on the farm, uh, I mean, you have children, okay? We'll better put them to some use because well, we, you've got to eat. So, I mean, historically, they'd have children. I mean, some some small children, um, you know, their job would be to run after the birds to stop them from eating the crops. Um, and when they got slightly older, they would do more uh, more tasks. So typically the girls do more domestic um, related ones regarding threads and sewing and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you'd have the boys who do more work, the heavier work in the field with their fathers and brothers and uncles, etc. And this was always existed uh, but the interesting the interesting thing is when everyone thinks of child labor they never actually think of agriculture to our extent even though agriculture is actually very difficult and backbreaking and hard what they always think about is the factory and typically 
uh, things influenced by, say, Charles Dickens's depictions of the dark satanic mills of, of the Industrial Revolution in England. Um, that's what people typically think and then today as well as oh no children work in sweatshops and again what is a sweatshop is a factory they Mm -hmm. are um sewing uh, footballs or they are um you know producing textiles for the west and and that's what they mean this is considered um and this is what they think and this is this this is this is the bad uh aspect of uh, of child labor although reflexively everyone will know child labor is bad um what is interesting, though, when it comes to the Industrial Revolution is uh, an article by uh, Wendy McElroy, who cites that in the uh, Industrial Revolution in, in England, uh, there was a very large difference between um, pauper children uh, and free children. Now, free children were ones who were still with their parents and their parents you know, decided whether they worked or not. And some of them did. Um, but um, the children uh Often, quote, often refuse to send their children into unusually harsh or dangerous uh, work situations. Um, and you know, the factory owners can decide, you know, to to forcibly use them. Um, so in this case, unsurprisingly, you know, parents won't typically want to put their children into particularly dangerous situations. Of course, they will want them to do some form of work at that point because, you know, they're relatively poor. Um, but they wouldn't put them into the particularly dangerous situations now. The people who did put them into dangerous situations, the pauper children, were the ones who were basically under, guess who, government control. Um, it, was, it has things to do with uh, workhouses. And uh, as McElroy points out, it's um, it's not surprising that uh, in the book Oliver Twist by um, Dickens, uh, Oliver isn't um, like working in the factories and things as, as, as a, a free uh, late free labor as a son of his parents he, he's an orphan and it's the workhouse who sets him to to work in in the factories and it was uh, the best of the uh, lobbying of of the factories to try and get this sort of cheap labor uh with from some of the alterations to 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 the poor law uh and so it was in these situations you know you could get like positions of scavenger where you get six-year-old children who salvage loose cotton from under machinery um and you know the machinery there is very heavy and quick and steamy and like dangerous and so you know it could collapse on them and injure them significantly but again this isn't parents sending their children uh there because you know that they, they need the money to help for the um the family you know these are orphan children and these are sort of uh offered to um the um the factory owners basically due to the the changing law uh, that allowed the uh, local states to at the behest of the of the industrialists to supply labor to them um so the, the the bad press that um child labor has especially from historical perspective is is unjustified uh, now whether that translates to uh, the modern days another question um, although what I would state in general when it comes to sweatshops in in the sort of Far East is that they pay more than working in the field and working in the field is generally a lot worse. I mean, it's, I've heard cases of uh, illegal immigration from uh, like Burma into places like Thailand and Cambodia and Vietnam because they can work in the sweatshops there and they get paid more. Um, 
so um yes it's it's not an ideal situation and of course you could always make the claim that you know a lot of the land is being withheld from the market so people are forced into the factories which interestingly was actually a case in the 19th century because of the enclosures act you actually had a level of industrialization that took place a lot quicker than would otherwise be the case because you couldn't work in the field anymore because the because or unless you could enclose things with like a stone wall and stone walls are pretty darn expensive well you know then some aristocrat could basically take your land so um the industrial revolution as a whole um took place in a way which wouldn't shall we say be consistent with Rothbardian ethics to put it that way um now the interesting question though is is how did we get to a situation in which most children didn't work um, i mean the clear result of that it seems to be that we're a lot richer now than we were say in the 19th century or the early part of the 20th century and to a large extent that's due to technology increased amounts of capital um and um so then the question arises uh, well would you have um developed as quickly uh technologically speaking if you'd still had child labor because you could have got because you could make the claim uh that uh, well one of the drivers behind technological progress was well we can't use the kit children anymore so we need to be able to have some more efficient capital machinery because we can't really afford to pay, to employ the adults because they'd be too expensive so um you could make the argument that um that actually the abolition of child labor and the restrictions on it were actually um actually helped the progress of of technology which you could then use as an argument for you know kind of why um child abolition of child labor or the restrictions on it was actually a good thing tim have you got any thoughts on the relationship between children working and technological progress i would say the my general view is technological progress was the first cause uh you know again natural scarcity uh, this is the point that as much much of people attack Steven Pinker. I think Steven Pinker is largely correct about sort of historical uh, capitalism in this sense that and this the, the Yaron Brooks types will say the same thing. Um, the Matt Ridley's will say the same thing. Rational optimists uh, uh, that, you know, the, the only reason children have, you know, you, you can see this sort of even, even rich aristocratic families, for example, uh, oftentimes, you know, the first son could afford to go to college, but they couldn't afford to send any of their other sons to college because they need them working. Um, and this was the or they need them doing field management or things or tasks related to that. So, yeah, technological progress. The only reason children and masse uh, can have the freedom in that regard, not to not not to work for a time period. Uh, it has nothing to do with laws saying children can't work i mean if you made these laws in the 1600s every a large all the children would starve to death there would be no there'd be no food for them to pick. again you'd always say like your point about the, the the enclosures act those are all true um um but to some extent that's just water under the bridge at this point either uh, uh you know you can't sort of you can't start start a new uh, you, can't, you can't perfectly start a new uh, so, so you are certain certain ways stuck in your circumstances in that regard. But we see children working in all, all societies, including the West historically. So that that's my general view. Technological progress one. I would say, in principle, I think it could be possible that it could spur 
technological progress. I mean, you can make a similar argument about the minimum wage law um, that you have, say, at McDonald's now, um, you there are far I think there are far fewer workers employed because basically you can now order all your food on the ordering screens, which I imagine are relatively expensive. Um, so why do they do that? Well, maybe because the minimum wage law is um, well, what I would interpret, the minimum wage law is so high that it's actually very expensive to employ people, so you get capital instead. So you could make the case that, that the laws restricting labour do uh, encourage capital uh, development. I think that is true to some extent because, you know, labour is going to be relatively more expensive if you restrict it in any way. That said, that still doesn't mean it's an optimal outcome. I mean, um the fact that you have technological progress and it's in its um, and it's technically better doesn't necessarily mean it's worth the cost, because obviously in the absence of any restriction, that probably wouldn't have taken place or it would have taken place at a slower rate. And actually, you could say then labor would be in a relatively better situation vis-a-vis capital. Uh, but leaving that sort of small point aside, I don't think you can ever really make a clear case that um, the abolition of child labor had a significant impact on the development of uh, technology because the mainstay of technological development capital is is saving an investment and i can't see how you know um restricting child labor is going to have a, a main impact on that because what you need to do is, is abstain from consumption you need to leave that money aside to invest into productive activities um which can then produce more or better capital machinery which then increases productivity that's that's the process. So even though you could make that case and you could make a similar case to the, say, with um, minimum wages today, uh, even if that were true, I don't think it's true to a large extent. And then you still have to make the case that that's going to be a relatively welfare enhancing situation vis-a-vis, um, vis-a-vis the situation of having a, a freer labour supply. So whilst an interesting argument, I don't think holds huge amounts of, of water. It, I'll be, uh, it may be true on the margins. It may be yeah. true on the margins that this this thing or this thing caused some amount of change, uh, you know. But whether it's true overall uh, is, I don't think I don't think I don't think it's true overall. I, I somewhat under, slightly misunderstood your question regarding can it spur change if you sort of reduce consumption. Well, by definition, it will, it will make some changes, um, but unless there's sort of extreme. You know, take if you raise the minimum wage to $100 an hour here or 100 pounds an hour and you force it to the hilt, it would clearly change things. But but it's if you raise it by a dollar, it's not or two dollars and you do it, you set it to inflation. It's not going to. So I think in an analogous way, you know, we saw child labor phased out in a very small way anyway. They didn't do it overnight. Um, um, so, you know, in that and in that way, child labor and still is sort of still being phased out regarding chores. Because you know, you see, upper middle class, middle class bourgeois families, children used to historically do chores more, um, and that has gradually gone down. Uh, I mean, I, I, I never really did chores, uh, really with a capital C, a capital H. I've done some things as a child, mow the grass and those things. Uh, but the main the main job, if I had one, was school. Uh, for me, um, so so even even those kind of child labors you see phased out over time and get replaced by either gadgets or help or the parents do them. So that's 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 my claim. Okay. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes entire sense with um, technological development uh, with respect to work in the home. There, there is sort of just less to do. But again, it's technological progress. Um, you mentioned school, which I'll get into in a second. Just to uh, respond to your point about how enclosures act to water under the bridge, etc. I, I do think that's true. Um, it is water under the bridge and you can't really do anything about it. Well, there may be. But the main point of point of doing that is a lot of people will go, oh, no, look, the 19th century was laissez-faire capitalism. And look at all these children that were forced to work, even though they were parish children, not free labor. Oh, and this is all from the uh, all from all from the genuine free market. and The voluntary exchange is bad. Um, that's the reason I, I, I raise it, because I, I, I think uh, people's perceptions of the historical situation are are, are false. And that actually colors what they think potential solutions or better ways of doing things could be in the future, even, which is why I raise it. Listen, even even the orphanage point is related to natural scarcity. Um, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like people, one in six, I forget the precise statistics about child women dying in childbirth, but they were quite high up until a certain period of time in the past. So even those things, you know, again, you can hate God or you can hate evolution for causing the environment to exist this way. Um, you can also hate, you can take the sort of Noam Chomsky line and say, well, let's, why can't we innovate and create a better society? Well, that's true, but we haven't done that. Um, and socialists, when in power, haven't done that either. Um, they've actually had lots of child labor. So, so, so yeah, so we can, there's a certain degree of wishfulness, you know, but even the orphanage, the reason why you had a bunch of people dead, it was because it's just natural scarcity. Now, again, you, I don't want to bring up vaccines or any of those points, but I do think some of them made some role, whether future ones. That's a different topic, but continue. Oh, no, 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 entirely, entirely, entirely. Um, I, all, all my cases, I, I think you you probably would have had less. I'm not saying you couldn't have had any. So I suppose you could then say, you know, oh, should, 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 should we, um, should all forms of child labor is dangerous be sort of um, abolished and should be made illegal? There's a question we can come to. But I think, it, as you mentioned earlier, I think is uh, particularly interesting. We haven't even really abolished work for children. We just give them different work. No longer can you work on the fact, factory or on the building site or in the field. What you do is you do work in schools. You so you are supposed to learn. Well, the thing is, though, of course, you already would learn the work. It's just what you're learning. But then we go back to some of our education episodes and, you know, what, what is the point of school? You know, what are you actually learning? Um, you know, are, are, are you there just to, to learn the material and become, you know, a more rounded individual? Or do you just learn to listen to the bell and do what you're told? Um, and a lot of and I would argue a lot of children, especially when you get to secondary school age in England, I'm not sure that would be middle school in, in the US. I'm not sure what age it especially around 11 or 12, would rather um, be, um, would rather work than be stuck in a classroom all day. I mean, why would you want to sit in an English class learning about a text you have no interest in when you could be working at a local shop, stacking shelves, maybe working on the building site with your uncle or somebody else like that? you know, earning some money, which you can then spend, because you can remember, you know, children have no money. Um, and if they work, they can have an income, which they can buy things that they want. And that's a bad thing, apparently. Um, so when you compare the situation um, of sort of child labor and no child labor, it's not that children aren't doing anything. 
you know, they'd rather do something else. Uh, now, when it gets to the younger ages, I mean, could they work? Could you know, would they not be? Would they be working if they weren't in school? If they're like six or seven, they're probably not. I mean, could they do anything useful? Maybe, maybe. I mean, at the margin. Um, but I, I think in that situation, I think those, and this is, well, this gets to more educational stuff. Uh, but I think when you're getting like seven and eight, I mean, those kids are probably just going to play, as opposed to just um be be working whereas i think adolescence is to what extent it actually exists uh we've discussed before um kind of changes the mindset a bit um but still um we've, we've got to sort of factor in that you know even these children they'd, they'd rather play but no what they do they, they are forced to do is basically work in school even at the, the primary age and produce pieces of work in subjects in which they have little interest a lot of the time now it might be good for them, but they're still doing work. Um, so when you compare child labour, you really have to go, well, well child labour is bad compared to what? And really what we're doing here is comparing it to school. And you could say, well, you know, school should be better, but well, we, we need to compare what the probable schooling quality is going to be relative to the probable employment. Now, obviously, determining what the probable employment would be would be quite difficult because they don't. Uh, work there but I mean today I mean it's likely to be in the service sector so all the the problems of like working in factories and things I mean oh granted you could work in building sites and things but just in the general health and safety stuff I mean if it's just allowed child child labor within the current health and safety laws the probability of like accidents at work and things are going to be significantly lower than they would have been historically um, so you really do need to compare you know what they are be likely doing at school compared to what they would be likely doing if they were in fact to work so tim any comments on anything i've said so far with the comparison between school and work or and any additional comments to add so the the the, the point about the comparisons is clearly true uh school in, in public schooling or private schooling or homeschooling you have to do work with it you do work or at least in theory you do some amount of work depending on if you want to go full ivan illich de-schooling or non-schooling or volunteer, you know, you, you can get into these things. But then, then again, these things at times, in my opinion, border on um, utopian, for better or for worse. I mean, I'm not against them in that regard. The small scale projects, people can go ahead with them. Uh, you know, I, as far as as far as the working, it's I'm going to play devil's advocate in some in some ways in favor of the uh, well, not necessarily the schools, but uh, I do I do think there is a time preference thing at work here. Uh, there is there is a degree in which choosing to work in a, like a McDonald's is it is a dead end job. Now this goes back to sort of the general debate over you know of this goes back to general sort of capitalist versus theoretical capitalist versus theoretical socialist debate. Um, you know. If you want to make more money, you have to acquire a skill. Now, the reason why that job makes more money in itself might be somewhat fraudulent by theoretical libertarian or theoretical Marxist reason. For example, the reason you have to go to education to get education, um, like take take flying, for example. I've looked into this um, for, for my own actual interest. Um, you need a four-year college degree. Okay, why do you need a four-year college degree? No one really knows why airlines only hire people with four-year college degree or military service as an alternative. But that, but that's just required. Now that shouldn't be required. 
There's no real reason. You can learn to read. Now, the real reason is because, it, you know, it's just expected. And that's the Brian Kaplan jump through hoops argument and stuff like that. But but to learn to fly a complex airliner, you do need about five five thousand hours at least probably even more than that and it is expensive to do um so so there is there's a certain degree in which even if a company would pay for your training they have to sort of have some way to tie you to do it so it is sort of forces you to do uh, it, it does it does require a time preference it requires reading skills math skills and those things so just something like that but that resembles more of like in apprentices in those regards so so and actually schools today just give you a bunch of debt so that's a kind of apprentice or indebtedness. Instead, you can just be indebted to your uh, employer instead of being indebted to a sort of pseudo private public bank. Um, so, so I do think I do think if you want to get ahead, so to speak, or make more money or have a high skill job, you do you do need to find something that is useful to do. Now, you could imagine some utopian labor theory of value side where everyone makes the same wage. And then so so, but that's 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 kind of like that's utopian society. So 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 if you want a higher paid job, you have to uh, in some ways sell out now. In the same regard, you don't want to eat Oreo cookies for lunch because that's a bad thing to do. So children might choose that, but I'm not entirely sure if that's a good choice. Although although this is where my inegalitarianness, which is there, I do have some inegalitarian tendencies in me. Uh, well, these people probably wouldn't want to or be actually able to or have enough discipline to actually even become a lawyer or become a pilot. Now, that sounds a little snobbery, but that, but I, I do think to a certain extent that's true. Uh, uh, you know, Brian Kaplan says it's probably better for some people to buy lottery tickets or Bitcoin for that matter uh, than, than to spend, you know, $200,000 to become uh, you know, a theoretical physicist. So those are my overall comments about time preference. I do think I do think you have to sort of if you if you want to, again, you could go back to sort of theoretical argue about what is this is this a good idea in itself? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, but to some extent, we just have to take the society that we live at as a given, and that's the state interferes significantly. So those are my comments regarding that. So I, I think what you have to take into account here. Uh, to a large extent, is 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 the parents. Uh, the children, you know, if you left them to their own devices, probably wouldn't want to do very much. Well, they might, they might. Or they just want to play and not really do much and not be particularly um, valuable. So, you know, you get like the the oh, it's interesting, the co college graduate who still lives with his parents and and plays plays video games in the basement. You know, you 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 could get people like that. Um, but effectively, it's sort of age of fourteen or twelve or something on those lines. Um, that's entirely possible. Um, but, you know, would they just go into dead-end jobs? Well, it would depends on what the parents would do. But even if they were to, for example, to go into dead-end jobs, if you could argue McDonald's is a dead-end job, because, interestingly, you can actually climb quite quickly into the McDonald's hierarchy uh, with those, maybe because I think the labour turnover is so high. So if you stay there for about 20 minutes, then, well, you know, you can ascend because, you know, you're, you're, you're clearly a... Um, committed employee um the thing is and this is one thing is school is kind of one thing school is bad for it kind of assumes that all the training and learning you need to do is between like the ages of 5 and 18 or 21 if you go to degree but thereafter it kind of doesn't really matter 
It's like, well, okay, let's suppose you're not doing that now. You're not learning the stuff that you should be learning. Well, why couldn't you learn it in the future? Now, you could make the case it'd be better for you to learn it now. That's true in certain circumstances. Obviously, say, like reading um, or, or writing. But other things, like, well, do you really need to know about the planes that you're going to fly? Cause you're not going to fly them yet? Well, no, maybe not. And as you point out, um, you know, if you did have a situation where you had sort of more obviously child labor, you probably get a significant amount more of um, uh, traditional sort of apprentice type things. Although what I would say is that's probably been hampered by the court system uh, and insurance contracts and things. So that's another uh, subject area. So that would influence it. But um, that would, I think, clearly result. And so you'd have a much more variegated uh, sort of land of work and uh, school. And I think as well here, really, you'd have a much clearer demarcation between those who are best suited for sort of vocational work or just working uh, and those who are more intellectual. And that would happen at a much earlier age. Uh, one of the biggest problems with the ed well, well, one of the problems with the education system is assumes that everyone's basically academic and they aren't. Very few people have an academic disposition. Um, so I, I do think that would change significantly. Um, but when we mention the parents, this is the interesting um, areas. Then we get to the idea is, well, well, let's suppose that, that your parents want to send you to a, like a really dangerous job um, because they can earn money off you because, you know, you pay you pay the money to the child. But then, oh, you just pay the charge a child rent for the same amount of money he earns working at the mine or more than likely these days. I don't know. He works at Costa or he works at uh, a local building site for a building firm or something as a labourer. Um, is, um, you know, should parents be allowed uh, to send to send them there? Because it's going to get to the question, you know, should the parishes have sent the children to work as scavengers? I mean, these are the questions that, that, that arise here. Tim, any, any, any thoughts on, um, you know, parents and sort of, what they should or should not be allowed to send their children to do the the old should or shouldn't question um i if the parents this this relates back to scarcity i, I don't think i think if wealth rises parents will have more choices not to do so although some people will just treat their children quite poorly and uh just basically you know run them like uh you know they'll there's uh to make money um, and, and collect their wages. That that's probably true. I, I don't I don't really see any way around that. Uh, as you as you point out, the or the state that will do the same thing. Um, the state will do the same thing. You know that's how you got child labor in England. You know it was the free laborers who had you know their parents would uh, you know stick the tide up. And again, why are there people in this position? Well, their parents are dead or their parents are in jail. And he's like, well, you can abolish prisons, but then again, you have to deal with crime and things like that. So that's a that's a long-running, uh, a triad, long-running tangent in there to get to that question. But I, I, I don't think parents should send their children to dangerous jobs. Uh, but you know, if they really need to, if it's a choice between that, that and starving to death, then then no. Maybe maybe we could ask well, why is this the situation? But then again, those those questions, those questions don't really get. Um, answer per se. For example, in North Korea, children, so like the Socialist Republic of North Korea, and yes, I will go there, um, 
<laughs> children work quite dangerous jobs there. Uh, so, so, so the idea that somehow uh, it's only in certain societies that children work, uh, probably not. I mean, I think good parents won't do that. Uh, I was interestingly watching some like of the Hutterites, which is sort of a Christian sect related to the Anabaptists, um, and they have communal living. And there, the children work, but they give them more, um, I wouldn't say remedial jobs, but they do the, they give them jobs that aren't as hard or aren't as dangerous. Um, so, so, you know, I, I, in general, da interestingly, dangerous work itself, why does dangerous work exist, I guess you could ask. Well, again, some dangerous work exists because we need, uh, we need certain things and so that's why we have to have dangerous jobs. You know, maybe we don't need, you know, if you want to make an MRI machine, for example, you're probably going to need Coltan for the computer chips. Now, Coltan's mind, I think in the Congo, it's probably done by a child's or your cell phone. Um, so, you know, computers aren't just created there. So should adults do that? Could we design better equipment to that? Probably, probably, probably. But that requires capital. Capital is scarce. Uh, and we've yet to design some better way out of this sort of, of of some pickle. So I don't think children should work a dangerous job. Although school's quite dangerous if you if you count Ritalin usage um, too. I don't think parents should give their children uh, Ritalin so they could go to a public school. But I but I in theory I empathize why parents some parents do that. Well I don't want them I want them to make money as an adult so they need to do well in school. Um, so they have to, so I have to sort of get them to do better. In school, and this this drug will get them there. So you know, Ritalin is, has some dangerous side effects too. Um, so so yeah, I don't I don't think parents should, but we don't live in the should or should world. We live in this sort of not. We don't live in the ought world. We live in the world as it is. So that's my general comment. Would you say it should be illegal? I don't think it should be illegal. Uh, I, if if it's illegal, in the state in England, it it was from my from your summary, I think it was the state itself that, you know, did it, bonded out. I don't, no, I don't think it should be illegal. No. I think when it comes to, to dangerous, I mean, dangerous is on a continuum. I mean, um, some things are more dangerous in certain respects and some things are less dangerous. Um, I mean, the, the obvious question is, though, when it's dangerous, like, okay, what is going to be best for the child? I mean, that's what most parents would typically go about deciding and if for whatever reason it was going to be best for the family as a, uh, as a whole that you know the child should uh go and work in the cobalt mine or whatever well then that's probably the best thing to do so and I'm, thinking, really, I, I'm, I'm gonna cut in here for one second i'll ask you sure. a question do you yeah. think in history this is true in england from my understanding as well but i'm a, I'm a coal mining area in in united states here and mm -hmm. uh Children of this age would work in breakers uh, when they're this age, uh, like 10, 11, in some cases 9. Do you think this is a good turn event? Now, again, you could always get into sort of theoretical history of how you got there. But I don't bemoan the parents for sending them there. No, uh, no I but, mean, it could have made entire sense. I mean, given the circumstance of the family or whatever, that could have been the best thing to do. I mean, uh, I mean, different parents will have a different assessments of what they should do. But I mean... Most parents, 90% plus, uh, typically want to have the best things to happen to their own children. The question, the interesting question is then, well, what about the 10% who don't really care? I mean, 10% is probably very high. It's probably a lot less than that. Um, 
well, they're always going to be a problem. Could they send them to dangerous jobs that you probably wouldn't send them to? Well, maybe. But people are going to going to engage in sort of sort of less than optimal behaviour a lot of the time. Um, so does that really mean it should be illegal? Well, probably not. At least not necessarily. Um, and also, even if you were to force these children to go to school, instead with compulsory attendance laws, I mean, are these the types of children that are probably going to do that well in school? On average, with very little parental support, because we can say the parents don't care. So uh, unless we have a bizarre situation where the parents would force them to go to school, sorry, well, force them to work and earn money on them, don't really care about them. But then if they were forced to go to school, then they would. Like I, I don't see that being a plausible situation. Um, you know, if you've got parents who simply don't care, well, you've got parents who don't care. Now, you could say on the margin that, oh, yeah, that there could be some children who'd be relatively better off if they were forced in school because they would learn things that are useful. And, you know, they probably would be le- less chance of having like their fingers cut off or just maybe not even think so. Just doing like a dead end dull job, not being paid very much because the parents want the money on to spend on booze and facts. That's cigarettes for the Americans. Um, you know, that, that's what they were too. So, I mean, I mean, that's possible and it could work. But the question, the problem I would have is as soon as you start sort of trying to prohibit things in to, to deal with a minority of people who are doing things less than optimally, um, you end up just going to be end, end up regulating everybody and you will prevent potentially useful um, experiences and things for children to have are going to be illegal because if you had like good parents, it might be it might be good to go to the breakers for a bit, work there for a few months, maybe not two years, but things might be good for their character, good for a bit of extra money, and then do something else. And but just to blanket ban it, well then they go, ah, oh, we don't blanket ban it. Then you do, then you know you allow them to do it for this time of the year, but how many days? And then as soon as you end up doing that, you're just going to end up with a myriad of a massive paper book full of rules and regulations, which may have some positive value but almost certainly you're going to have more negative outcomes and positive ones just because the only way you're going to start regulating it is going to require regulation after regulation after regulation so yeah okay you get bad parents you get bad parents and then the other question is why do you get bad parents which is another question then the question of marriage you know who do you marry who do you have children with that's a that's a broader societal point and actually i think that's where you should focus when you come to bad parents is, you know, why do pair people who, who probably shouldn't have kids have them? Um, that's, uh, that's, that's another question. So when it comes to like sending kids to um, dangerous uh, work, etc., I don't think you can say directly that it's abuse in like a legal sense. Uh, I don't think it's neglect. I mean, if you could show, though, you know, that a child is coming to significant harm in some way, not the potential harm, but they are actually harmed, then, you know, maybe there would be, you, you could have scopes of intervention of some description. But it's an interesting point you raise about um, prisons and kids not having parents. This is one of the problems of trying to punish parents for anything that their kids do. Well, for, for punish parents for not treating their children um, properly is that any punishment of the parents is almost certainly going to have a, have a negative impact on the child. And so only really if you have a situation where, yeah, the children would probably be better off being raised by somebody else 
do you probably want to intervene? Um, because any intervention that you do, like a fine or or whatever, is just going to mean that the parents have less money and therefore going to treat the, the child less well. Um, so um, you've got to be careful about when you intervene because trying to um, p- punish sort of poor behaviour, you know, might end up harming the people you're trying to protect. So to, any, any any general comments on um, on sort of um, legal abuse and stuff like that pertaining to work and children oh it's clearly not well you could argue that you could argue that public school is a kind of onerous alienated work i mean the marxists like to talk about alienated work and some paleocons like to talk about you know, industrial revolution uh creates alienating work um and that's that that might be true um that might be true but a lot of subjects in school are quite not I mean, well they are alienating they're boring they they you don't you don't learn stuff you forget the stuff you have to cram for tests you have to take these sort of standardized tests uh you know you have to sit in a room for three hours and take tests as like a six-year-old or an eight-year-old i think we had them every three years or something like that uh or do you think these common core these state mandated exams those i mean that's alienating work is it dangerous no it's not dangerous Although if you can't sit still and they have to prescribe you drugs, then it is, in a way, it is dangerous. And there's sort of ne- huge negative externalities of this. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so so you have to sort of compare what, as you stated earlier, you have to compare what school actually is versus what work actually is. Um, and then make a comparison, make an actual apples to apples comparison, a likely comparison, not like, oh, this perfect, well-funded Montessori school system for, with, with with really good pe- with children from really good parents versus you know children from you know broken homes and single fa- mother homes uh and with no fathers like you have to make an apples to apples comparison you can't you can't make uh, a, a sort of straight up uh comparison so i i i don't think it's abuse uh with with, with capital a and even is even is you know what agency is going to replace this you know, when you were saying about, you know, if you if you punish the parents for it, you sort of okay. So now the kids are in like the state foster care system. Uh, you know, you can probably get abused there too. You have you might have to move to a different town. So it's it's sort of like to use a political science analogy. It's sort of like, okay, Saddam might be bad, according to Christopher Hitchens, or you know, but but you know who's probably worse? ISIS or some version of ISIS or some version of the American democratic state set up which most Americans have no interest in running. Um, so, so yeah, so in that regard, you know, kicking out the parents, you might get someone worse. Uh, you might get, you might get, you might get worse. So those are my overall comments regarding, uh, I don't think it's abuse in any meaningful way. So with I broadly agree. I, I, I think you could construct it in certain circumstances, but again, the, 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 um, the, Bar for intervention is going to be pretty darn high because, as you said, you could get ISIS. The last thing I want to comment on, and this, I think, is speculation on my part. I do really wonder what uh, child abolition of child labor laws would do to um, the amount of low skilled immigration you get. Um, a lot of comments as to oh, why we need immigration is because oh, we've got all these jobs that the, the um, domestic population won't do. And I'm kind of thinking, well, hang on. There are only 14 year olds that do it. And I go, yeah, pretty, pretty sure they would. You know, they'd rather not be in school and they'd rather earn some money. 
this might be in building sites this might be you know assisting like a, a plumber or a heating engineer some vocational so i'm thinking primarily you know of uh working class white kids you know they they'd rather you know they made the dad's building maybe, maybe i go and work work for him you know he doesn't need to employ you know pedro well pedro's probably more in america abdul here probably um oh, oh no he's probably polish so Pietrek, um to do the job you know could you get kids to do it instead um so similarly it's like oh no uh, there was one hilarious comment in on one of the brexit debates was oh who will serve me at pret manger if we can't have any immigrants working there because pret manger are a chain of like they do coffees and food and stuff in, in england um and um at least in one london store all the staff are foreign and they hire a lot of foreign workers and it's like well other people could do the job and i mean working at those places isn't particularly skilled and you could get younger children to do it so i do really wonder what this would do about you know the wages that could be paid you know, the wages that would be offered and um the number of the number of immigrants that you know business would claim that they need because actually you know business would have lots of workers they could use they could use kids although they might decide they don't want to do that because then they might have to train them um so back to the school situation in england one of the major justifications in certain quarters was they wanted compulsory education because the factories didn't want to train their workers they wanted the schools to do it for them for free uh so tim on my speculation do you reckon the, the entire abolition of um child labor would probably lead to a significant number of children working in uh, industries which currently have large levels of immigrant labor and if so do you think this would make significant impacts to sort of like the amount of uh immigration of, of low-skilled workers or at least the clamor for it from sort of like business uh I, the clamor from from business owners maybe i think it would make a i think it would make an uh some level of indentation would make some some dent from the clamor for business but i suspect a lot of the demand for immigration is cultural reasons and even kevin people like kevin carson have said this openly in, in an interview that the real the real reason he wants immigration is to change the electoral map of the united states um so that you get more bernie sanders types can and kevin carson is a left libertarian um so i i think it's mainly cultural reasons that people feel although it is hilarious that like you get these sort of memes where people want people people the, the real reason the machiavellian have this sort of idea of a formal versus actual justification your formal justification oh i'm a good heel-hearted humanitarian but the actual justification is you want we want people to work the american quote would be mcdonald's or some you know have so have some foreign waiters serve me making which is fine it's fine from a purely capitalistic standpoint um but i, I do think it would make some some indentation um which would probably which might have a snowballing effect maybe people then later in life would be more willing to work there because they worked there earlier in life and they'd be more able to do it or acculturated to do it um that's another thing about school is you're sort of acculturated into doing non-manual or what well, you're acculturated to sitting at a desk when you work at school uh you're acculturated into an academic uh, field um uh so like i mean one of the communities around the united states the groups that do well is the hutterites and the amish and Mennonites are more on the fence there. But for example, if they have a family farm, you'll see children out working in the fields. Um, now, again, is that child labor? It's, it's sort of like an anomaly in, insofar as insofar as they're just 
since 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 internally these businesses are run almost communist like internally, the children are just included in the workforce. Um, you know, so you'll see a big family out there, you know, working the fields. Uh, you know, if this was if it was someone else's kids, it would be illegal because, well, they'd have to pay them a salary or some wages, so they can't do that. But and I do think I do think I do think I do think there's a benefit in doing that. So those are my overall comments regarding the immigration levels uh, uh, with respect to that. I think there'd be snowballing effects, which might have greater effects long term, but short term, some difference. I do think it would take a while for the culture to change people to go. It's actually worth hiring kids especially because you've got massive age segregation uh in society and so i think there's a lot of i think a lot of people think oh kids will be terrible working there but i do think over time that would probably change um and probably for the better so i yeah I, i've always wondered that i always thought that was uh, would be a it would be potentially interesting to see what would happen if you were to abolish uh, child labor which of course isn't going to happen anytime soon the school leaving age has effectively increased to 18 from 16 a uh, number of years ago in England. So, uh, if anything, we're going to get child labor being banned and like, well, children well, under 21. I want to add here. Interestingly, you could say we should ban child labor and say, therefore, we should ban public schools. Or, or I mean, you could, you could, or state schools. You could easily make that kind of maneuver too, interestingly. But that's unlikely to be done. Um, but yeah, but keep going. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, because you're learning things that are useful in schools. Well, hopefully, in principle, you are, but can't you work them in, in a job? Well, yeah. So you're getting down to the purpose and nature of, 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 of work and, you know, what, what, what are you you're going to learn? But, yeah, you, they, yeah, but effectively, the child labor laws means you have to lay – you can't labor for money in a job with a, with a, with a boss. You have to labor under a teacher uh, producing essays that you don't want to write, that they don't want to read. Uh, and not get paid for doing so. That's to a large extent uh, what can happen. You also you also get these weird things like unpaid internships that happen. You know, interestingly, there was a meme once that they put out. They had they wanted unpaid. They wanted internships to study the effects of slavery. Uh, I think Tyler, believe it or not, I think Tyler Cowan posted this on his blog. Um, it was I, I'll pull up the link. I, if, but they had one of the. You know, uh, uh, they wanted unturned to study the effects of of slavery. Well, you know, it, it, by some definitions, internships are slavery. Now, again, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I think internships are perfectly a rational thing to do. The person can, from both ends, uh, you're not really worth that much. Um, you can gain skills. Uh, and a related debate that shows up here in the United States here is with minor league baseball, uh, uh, and 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 high and, and sports there. Uh, in general, like the, so the, the minor league baseballs or they'll complain that they only make like 10 grand a year. Um, um, and and the, my justification always was, well, you know, many people would pay to play baseball, first of all, to begin with. And second of all, you're not that valuable as a minor league baseball player. It's a star. It's a star enterprise. The only people that actually are worth watching on TV, which is where they get most of their revenue um, in the gate are. uh or they are going again, blah blah. You always go at well. There's there's other factors at play. You know, there's there's a, not a monopoly and various. There's a thousand other factors. But you could argue like that college football players, people people go to school. They get they get the scholarship. Um, that's sort of their payment. Um, they get their and they can't even do endorsement. To kind of, that's sort of their 
payment. So yeah, the abolishment of child labor, you know, you know, what exactly is labor? Uh, you know, is learning is learning math in school. I mean, you technically have to labor, you have to work. Uh, you know, what's exactly the difference is, is that in waiting tables or picking coal? Uh, uh, it's worth out picking from t a telos perspective. Picking coal is useful uh, in the sense that you, this, is, this is like wood. You know, you need that. Learning um, certain things are seemingly useless and trivial, um, if not, if not, uh, you know, like taking state standardized exams. I don't really understand what the purpose of those are, other than sorting exercise. Um, and they're quite alienating too. Uh, so there is a sort of purpose to to, to work. You get you get your product out there. That's actually one thing I like about working. You, as a, compared to going to school, you get not only get paid, but you can sort of see, at least in theory, you can see someone enjoying or using the product. Uh, so that that's a big difference. No one, you don't, you hate writing the essays, they hate reading your essays. You hate taking the tests, they hate grading the tests. That's the condition of, of the labor in school. So uh, continue on, Swithin. Um, no, that, 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 that's, in, that's entirely true. Uh, and I do think that's the case. I think a lot of people who don't have an intrinsic academic uh, disposition, they don't really see any point of learning stuff for the sake of it. Uh, and so they don't really, so they're not really motivated. Whereas in the practical application in business or whatever, they can see they make money, the customer is happy, they see the purpose of it, and therefore it's more rewarding and sort of in a sense less alienating. But I think the last point you make is, is, is the interesting one is, well, to abolish child labor, we need to know what labor actually is. And since we can't really abolish work unless we're going to go Bob Black and want to abolish work, uh, you know, uh, entirely, other than that begs the question of what really is work. I mean, um, abolishing child labor doesn't actually really mean that much. Um, so I hope you've all found this uh, of interest. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed this, please share it with your friends and family and subscribe to us on Podbean and YouTube. The more subscribers we get, the higher we get in the search rankings and the more people can listen to the material. And if you'd like to contact the show for any reason, please contact us at mindcrimelibertyshow at gmail.com. That's mindcrimelibertyshow at gmail.com. <laughs>